We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And I am doing this. What is this, you might ask? This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word. I am your host, Joshua Julian, and this is your one-stop shop podcast for all sports in the metro Atlanta area and Cobb County because we cover the Braves and they decided to move. But anyway, as I said, I am your host, Joshua Julian. Yesterday, we talked about the Falcons. Today, we are talking about the Braves. Um, Spring training is underway for the Atlanta Braves. I'm not going to talk a ton about it because spring training is sort of get everybody in place, game shape, figure out the margins of the roster. Um, the Braves do currently sit at one and two on the spring. I'm recording this on Tuesday. They will play today. They're playing the Pirates. But again, I'm not going to go too deep into it. Uh, Spencer Strider got the first start and he had four strikeouts in two innings. It was more of the same. Michael Harris hit an absolute bomb to lead off the game. Those were the most notable things that I've seen. I, I don't want to dive too deep into like what you know J.P. Martinez and some of the some of the minor league free agents that they have in there are doing. Um, today, instead, we are going to talk about the Atlanta Braves farm system and you know what's what's coming down the pipeline. What does the the farm system look like? What's the shape of the farm? Uh, now, if you know me. This is kind of my secret obsession. I've mentioned it a couple times on this show, but I do have a TikTok channel where I break down prospects in the NBA, MLB, and NFL. Uh, if you want to follow it, it's Sad Atlanta Fan eleven thirteen. Obviously, the eleven is for Trey Young, and the thirteen is for Ronald Acuna. But either way, so I've already done a video on them, so I don't want to. I'm not going to bore you guys with the analysis of every single prospect. I'm going to give you the top ten. I'm going to give you some of the guys that I, I'm higher on, some of the guys I'm lower on. And then we'll talk about some hidden gems potentially in the system. Who can we expect in the majors this year? What's the future looking like? Yada, yada, yada. You know, I don't want to, again, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds with a lot of these guys. But um, if you do want to get a more, a quick but also in-depth breakdown, you can check out the video I already made on my TikTok page. Anyway, so the top 10 as of now for the Atlanta Braves, in my humble point of view, we're looking at number 10, uh, the third base, first base, uh, bat David McCabe, 24 years old at UNC Charlotte. Number nine is catcher Drake Baldwin. Number four, uh, Luis Guanipa. He's an outfielder. They just they signed in 2022, international free agency. Uh, number seven is right-handed pitcher Owen Murphy. Number six, sorry, let me pull him up real fast. Number six is another recent draft pick, right-hander Cade Keeler. Uh, got him out of Campbell. And then number five is shortstop Ignacio Nacho Alvarez. Number four, Spencer Schwellenbach. Number three, J.R. Ritchie. Number two, A.J. Smith-Shaver. And number one, Hurston Waldrip. Now, uh, obviously, everybody's ranking is different when you do this. Like, if you go to MLB Pipeline, it'll be different than Baseball America. Baseball America will be different than Baseball Prospectus. And all three of those are different from me. So why do I have certain people? in my top 10. Well, for one, I have Hurston Waldrop at number one because I think Hurston Waldrop is, interestingly enough, farther along than A.J. smith Shaver, And I think that the ceiling is a little bit higher for than him. So A.J. smith Shaver, and I, I admit A.J. is far from a finished product considering he's only been 
playing baseball full-time for like two, three years now. He was a high school quarterback, so this is kind of the first couple years that he's really focused on baseball, and he looks really good. He made his MLB debut last year not because he was ready, but because it was needed. Like, the Braves needed arms. There were just way too many injuries. Um, Unfortunately, because of that, I just I think he kind of got rushed, and I think we have a an outsized idea of what he is or could be. So you know, last year at the AAA level, he had ten starts, he had a four point one seven ERA, forty seven strikeouts, and forty one innings. He also had twenty six walks and twenty six hits given up. So he doesn't give up a ton of contact, but he walks a lot of people, and that's kind of my big problem with it, is the control is not there. And then on top of that, when you look at his stuff, I mean, he has a decent fastball. But he had a curveball, and I'm not sure what happened to it. Like, if you go back to the 2022 um, profiles on a lot of these prospects with the Atlanta Braves, and you look into A.J. smith Shaver, he was listed as having, I thought it was a curveball coming out of high school, and he's got, um, he's fo- okay, so what happened was he changed over to a hard slider. And that makes sense. It With the arm he has, it makes more sense to not do the loopy curveball that he was doing anyway, but... Um, it just hasn't necessarily translated. He he gets a good amount of swing and misses, but if you're a two-pitch pitcher, unless you're Spencer Strider, it's really hard to make that work. And so he hasn't really worked on the changeup yet, and um, I just don't I don't know what... I think he's more likely to become a reliever, which is why I have been too. Now, the odds of him being a starter are still relatively high. Like I said, he's got a great fastball. He had shown at Gwinnett. Again, I watched him up close plenty. He can make it through five, six innings. He was getting guys out. It wasn't It wasn't necessarily a question of that, but just the reliever risk is a little higher there. With Hurston Waldrop, the control is a question, right? This In his pro debut, he did walk 16 guys in 29 innings. But he also had 41 strikeouts, and I was I was in the dugout. I was a bat boy, just for the record. I was in the dugout when he made his start at AAA, and the the stuff is electric. That is that is for sure. And so the reason I have him at number one is he does have a third pitch, right? The fastball splitter is his one-two, and the splitter is absolutely disgusting. He gets crazy drop on the splitter to the point where it rarely lands in the strike zone, and so it, there's a chance that major league hitters start to kind of, you know. Um, watch it and lay off it and just sit fastball. And that I think that's kind of why his fastball got crushed when he was pitching at Florida in his final season. That was why he dropped a 24 to the Braves was he'd given up a little too much hard contact. I think it was because a lot of hitters started to just sit fastball. But he's also got a slider that he throws in the upper 80s that could, if he works on it just a little bit more, could become a third plus pitch and if you've got three plus pitches that's mid rotation minimum right and especially in the modern day major leagues where a lot of guys are just asked to go five innings the control questions kind of become less concerning so i've got him at one for that reason as you'll notice also in the top 10 there's a ton of pitchers from spencer schwellenbach to jr Ritchie, but the lowest one that i have is owen murphy and if you go to MLB Pipeline, you've got him at number five. I've seen him even higher on some lists. The reason I have Owen Murphy lower than some people is I think he's got a high floor, but I don't know how much projection is left in his frame because he's only 6'1", 190. Um, when they took him out of high school in the first round in 2022, I think it was more so they could take a guy like J.R. Ritchie later on in the draft and give him 
above slot bonus, so they get both of them. J.R. Ritchie was a better prospect in high school than Owen Murphy. So, uh, but Owen Murphy, I mean, he throws everything for strikes. The control is really good. It's just that there's nothing that wows me about any of his pitches, right? Like the fastball is in the low 90s. It's not bad. It's got a good amount of ride, but it's not, you know, crazy good. Uh, the slider and curveball are both okay. The changeup is worse than both of those. There's just nothing about his prospect profile that makes me go, oh man, this is what's going to make him in the majors. He just, he seems like a strike thrower. I'm sure he'll have a decent career in the majors as like an inning easy eater, but other than that, I mean, everybody else that's above him from Spencer Schwellenbach to Cade Keeler, Waldrop and Murphy, JR, they, all of those guys have higher upsides. They all have the potential to be like a number two, maybe a number three, but Owen is seems pretty set as a number four type guy. And there's a couple other guys in this system. For example, Darius Vines or um, Drew Hackenberg that kind of profile as that exact type of prospect. So that's why I've got him at seven. Now, if you'll notice, uh, most of the guys at the top of the list, other than Nacho Alvarez, are pitchers. There's not a ton of position player talent in this system. You know, Luis Guanipa is the biggest upside guy, as well as Jose Perdomo, who the Braves signed an international free agency in January. I didn't put him on the list because he hasn't played yet, and I don't want to put a guy on my list just based off of what he was doing in camps and you know showcases. I want to see him play in the Dominican Summer League or the Arizona Complex League. I want to see him play with other professionals before I really put him on my list. But he's got a ton of upside. Guanipa was the other one that the Braves signed in 2023, who was a big time. Um, he was the top acquisition. He's got a ton of tools. I mean, he's flashed power. He's got speed. I think he's a center fielder. He did only hit 238 in the um, his debut at the rookie level, but he also had a 361 on base percentage, drew, drew 23 walks, had 20 steals. Um, there's there's plenty to work with, but he's a 17 year old kid, so there's there's plenty of time. Nacho Alvarez was the big kind of riser at shortstop. He's got a crazy hit tool. He's playing with the Braves right now in some, um, spring training. He hit 284, 395, 391 at Rome last year. And that's going to be, there's two big questions in his profile. And there's a reason he's only at five is one, how much impact is he going to get out of the bat? He doesn't hit the ball crazy hard. He's a lot more contact over hit. And does he stick at shortstop? Because it's been predicted for a while that he was just going to move to third base. So that'll really determine where he is in the rankings a year from now. If he's a shortstop, he's obviously going to be higher because that's a very, very valuable position. But if he's a third baseman, the profile kind of gets a little interesting because he doesn't hit for a ton of power. There aren't a ton of third basemen that hit for you know high average, low slugging percentages. It's, it's interesting. So that's my top 10. Again, uh, Drake Baldwin was the biggest riser because he just hit at every level. He started in like high A and then hit all the way up to triple A, um, although he did only play in triple A for a week. On the season, he hit 270, 384, 460. Again, most of the year in Rome, he got a brief audition with Mississippi where he hit really well, and then triple A where in three games he hit 333. But the swing is very interesting. He's got an interesting setup at the plate, but so far it hasn't stopped him yet. He's a lefty hitting catcher. Um, the defense is not the biggest question he's got he's been gotten high marks for his leadership his receiving his blocking the only question is the arm strength which could actually become the most important thing if we get the abs in the major leagues but i digress 
So that's that's the top ten again. A, a couple high floor, low ceiling hitters in McCabe um, and potentially out Al, Ignacio Alvarez, but Guanipa projectable Baldwin catcher. Gotta love your catchers. The pitchers, everybody's got a you know two or three good pitches. They some of them struggle with command. Um, Spencer Schwellenbach is one to keep an eye on. He did come back from Tommy John surgery this year and. His, you know, his innings were limited. He only threw 65, but he had, uh, he really impressed. He had a 2.49 ERA, even made his way up to Rome where he got to pitch in three games. So he, and he also was a shortstop in college. He only closed for his last year at Nebraska. So plenty of stuff to watch with them. As for the biggest fallers that we've seen from this past, um, past couple, um, moves and, Yes, uh, the fallers that we've seen. Ambioris Tavares absolutely is going to drop down rankings. Um, he was another. He was the best international prospect they brought in in 2021. Super young shortstop that had you know good bat speed. Really looked like he could stick at shortstop, and that so far has held up. He definitely will be sticking at shortstop. He is a great defender there. The issue was that in his debut in A ball at Augusta, he hit 216 with 196 strikeouts and 416 at bats. He had a 40% strikeout rate. Now, he is he is still 20. He's young or he's younger. He's got time. It's just the the complete lack of bat to ball skills that we saw the the incredible amount of strikeouts that he suffered was not not good. Like not good at all. So, you will probably see him drop more towards the teens to 20s. Uh, another one that'll probably drop is Cal Conley. He was a college shortstop the Braves drafted in 2021. He had a shot to make it as a utility guy that maybe could hit for a little bit of pop, but this year he got to Mississippi and hit a wall, only hit 219, 298 with a 286 slugging percentage. There's just not not a ton to write home about. He's not a good enough shortstop to make it on defense, but he doesn't do enough at the plate either. Um, and then the other one, Jesse Franklin might drop off completely. He was a second-round pick in 2020. He's really the only pick from that draft class that the Braves didn't hit on. If you go and look at that draft class, I mean, everybody from there has been some kind of a success. But he underwent Tommy John surgery and came back this year, played another year at Mississippi, um, and put up very similar numbers. He's a low-average power bat he hits a good amount of home runs he had 15 on the year but he also struck out 115 times didn't get on base a ton um he could have 2020 potential if he could make enough contact but he hasn't shown any indication that he will be making enough contact so as for guys that rose this past year and guys to kind of keep an eye on the biggest name and the one that has the most helium is Giancarlos Lara. Now he's a 21 year old international free agent. The Braves gave him $10,000 to join the organization and he did not even make his debut until 2022 where he pitched at 19 in the summer league. And currently, I mean, this past year, he pitched in Augusta for most of the year. He had 18 games, 13 starts, 96 strikeouts in 72 innings, which is a crazy number. Now, he did have 38 walks, and he had a 4.0 ERA. He's a two-pitch guy right now. He's a fastball slider, but the fastball is 
I mean, they're both, they both miss a ton of bats. The fastball is 95, 98, and the slider is at 88, 90. Spin rates over 3,000 rotations per minute, which is a crazy number if you do follow that kind of stuff. He's got a six foot three frame. He just hasn't really shown a changeup yet. He, there's a lot of reliever risk, but he looked really good in his intro to Pro Ball. So a lot of people are hopping on the bandwagon there. Um, and then the other big time riser has been um Gwinnipa for one and then Schwellenbach. So there there hasn't been a ton of like overperformance unfortunately in the Brave system. But uh that's not what we're here to talk about. Up next we're gonna be talking about the hidden gems in this system, right? We gotta talk about guys that might break out, guys that have an opportunity to really put some tools together and give the Braves some give, give us Braves fans something to be excited about. And my personal favorite, the one that I want to talk about, is a recent draft pick, Sabine Ceballos out of Oregon. He was so close to making my top 10. I went with David McCabe over him just because he had shown a little bit more in his pro debuts, but Sabine is most likely going to overtake him and a couple other guys this past year if he's as good as I think he is. So coming out of Oregon, he was known as a great hitter. Um, def- he, had, he had made a lot of contact for three years there. Um, the plate discipline improved. He finished his last college season with a 1090, 1069 OPS. Um, he's tapped into a little bit more power. The question has been defensively, what will he do? He's played third most of his career. He's got the arm for it. Um, we'll see if he's able to stick there. He doesn't have great speed, so maybe he has to move to a corner or just a defensive hit, defensive their designated hitter. He's kind of similar to Justin Henry Malloy, who was my personal favorite prospect in the Braves system until he was traded. But in his 14 games with the team so far, he's hit 300. He did get a brief audition at Augusta, Augusta where he hit 281 with a 343, 375 uh, extra slash line. I just he seems like a really good package of tools as a hitter. I would keep an eye on him. I think he has a chance to really rise up this system. The other one that a lot of people like to talk about is Garrett Bowman. Another, he was a fourth round pick from the Braves. He's a six eight high school kid who has a as a big fastball. Um, I mean, he was up to ninety seven. Um, plenty of sink on it too. The problem is the secondaries are kind of behind everything. Um, this changeup isn't anything to write home about. It's it's pretty much average, and the slider is very inconsistent as well but a 68245 high school kid there's there's a ton of projection there right with that kind of a frame there's always a chance he can even get the more velocity and if you can fix both um both other pitches like if you can get the slider a little sharper kind of get the change up with a little bit more sink then you've got something there i'm a kind of a fan of drew hackenberg personally just because he throws like a 95 sinker um it's a it's an interesting pitch to me. He also throws a big a good a good slider that flashes above average, and he didn't throw the changeup a lot. But a guy with a sinker, I feel like there's a chance he's got a good feel for that kind of changeup. We'll have to see. He did not pitch like when he was in college at Virginia Tech. He kind of got bashed. He didn't uh, get a ton of outs. His ERA was was not great. So we'll have to see, but you know the Braves have shown that they can develop pitching talent. So he's a name to keep an eye on for sure. The other big one I really want to talk about is Isaiah Drake, another draft pick in 2023. He was a high school kid out of the Atlanta area, and this is all 
um, he's an athlete. He is just, he's the brother of Kenyon Drake, who's an NFL running back. Currently, he's given a 70 grade on the run tool, and in his brief debut in 18 games, he had nine steals. So he's incredibly fast. The issue is a lot of the other stuff. I mean, again, he's 18 years old, so he's super young. He did only hit 221 in the rookie level that he played at, and he only had a 312 on base percentage. So, again, he's super raw, but because of the speed, if the, the hit tool comes around at all then he's a table setter. And if the power comes along, because he is does have a pre- pretty projectable frame, six foot, 180 pounds, um, there's plenty of power to tap into. If he beco- can become that, you're looking at a potential you know, 15, 30 guy out in center field who can play some really good defense. Just a name to keep an eye on. Other than those two, um, the only the the other one, the interesting one, and I, there's not much I can really say about this guy because we haven't, seen him is Adam Mayer. He was a 2022 pick. The Braves went way over slot to get him. I'm talking about $1.2 million in the seventh round. That's almost unheard of. Um, He came out of the University of British Columbia and then transferred to Oregon. When the Braves drafted him, um, he had a partial tear in his UCL. And instead of doing Tommy John, he put a brace on it like an internal brace, hoping that he would be able to avoid the surgery. He did not. He didn't pitch at 2023 at all. But there's just, there's, there's so little on the guy that it's so interesting because when he was healthy, he was throwing up the 95 with the fastball. His slider was, had great spin rates, um, missed a ton of bats, broke down a ton. He also had a lot of feel for the changeup and sold it with the arm speed. So there's a three pitch repertoire there. We just haven't, seen him at all and that's why he's still listed at number 11 on MLB pipeline I'm sure he'll drop when they release the 2024 rankings but if and when he actually does take the mound there's just there's so much intrigue about that now he's been away from pitching for two years so there's always a chance that he just never gets back to that level but he is worth a look he is worth he's I believe he has a shot to be very very fascinating just keep his name in mind um, the other one to remember is Luis de Avila. Now, he is a 22-year-old lefty. Um, he had kind of struggled here and there, uh, dating back to 2021. Uh, this past year, though, he pitched at Mississippi for 25 games, had 125 strikeouts, 123 innings, 25 starts. He's He, he looks like he's starting to figure some things out. Now, he did have 61 walks, but... Um, you know, there's 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 been some up and down stuff from a performance enhancing drug suspension to catching on with the Royals, and then coming over to the Braves in the Rule Five draft. There's just been a lot of turbulence in his career, but he throws a sinker that can touch 95. Um, he throws a harder curveball, which has actually helped the pitch a lot, and then he throws a, a good changeup. He had a league leading 2.81 ground ball to fly out ratio, so he's definitely a ground ball pitcher. Um, and again, he he made it to AAA at the end of the year this past year. So just keep that name in mind. Keep 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 on the lookout for him. He could be a very very interesting guy to watch develop. He'll probably start the year in AAA. The AAA rotation is going to be fascinating because they're going to have probably AJ Smithshaver and Hurston Waldrop. I would assume unless one of them makes the big club. But then you've also got Luis De Avila, Dylan Dodd. Alan Winans, uh, and there's even a couple other names that could get some starts down there. I mean, they love Nolan Kingham for some reason. 
But that's going to do it for this episode. I tried to keep it short for y'all. I don't want to go too deep into the weeds. Just gave you some names to keep an eye on if you really want to follow them, right? Go check out MLB Pipeline. They do really good at updating the stats pretty much every day. You can kind of follow who's doing well, who's struggling, who's hurt. Um, it's a good good resource to have. Um, and that's going to do it. If you have another name for me to keep an eye on, if you want to tell me that I was wrong about a prospect, I should have somebody higher. I should have somebody lower. You can email me at joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. That's joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Or you can go follow my TikTok page and leave me a comment on one of my videos. Tell me you're a listener of the podcast. I'll throw you a like. I'll throw you a follow. We'll figure out something. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for me. And the only way to wrap up the show like this is to ask the age-old question that only has one answer. What's the good word? <laughs>